This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Season 2 of Farmer Wants a Wife, airing on Fox. What happens when four single farmers want to find love in America's heartland? Hosted by Sugarland's own Jennifer Nettles, The Farmer Wants a Wife on Fox. In a low place. <laughs> and I'm shameless. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. Garth Brooks, Matt. Do you know do you know who that is? Tim, everybody in the civilized world knows who you say Garth, there's essentially there's one, one person there's, there's really one it's just garth it's brooks garth okay matt everybody knows knows who garth brooks is but does anybody actually know garth brooks do you, that's the question i was gonna say do you want an answer or no i think i think that's the question that you and i can boldly answer in this week's episode of Beer Buddies. And though I'm out on the highway, my thoughts are still with her. Such a strange combination of a woman and a child. Such a strange situation, stopping every hundred miles, calling bad news. Garth, Matt, the best-selling solo artist of all time. Tim, you say that, and I know you must, you must have data to back that up 157 million albums then then why are we why is he not constantly in the news right, right. he's been and he's been at it for how long for like 30 40 years at this point we have had great tunes by garth available to us kind of <laughs> as a listening public for decades uh and yet he is he he is somehow outside the culture in many ways. You know what I mean? Of course I do. He's I I hesitate although I ought not to say this. But in in some ways and just please go with me here. He's yeah, like of course. he's like country music's version of Beyonce mm, or at least sure. was in that nothing is going to really affect his deal. Yeah. Right? Like it's he's just going to do Garth all the time, regardless of, of consequence or circumstance. He is un untouchable in the in that way. Yeah. And therefore kind of unknowable. Like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, Garth uh, just launched a residency in Las Vegas back in November. And a little bit before that, he did what was the impetus for us saying, oh, we got to talk about Garth now, huh? Which is releasing his latest album of original new tunes by Garth Brooks. It's called Time Traveler. Available exclusively in a seven CD box set that you can purchase only at Bass Pro Shops. 
Earbuddy's Army, if you think I'm joking, if this is not a factoid that you have become aware of uh, in the last few months, I would forgive you totally for thinking that I just made up a little joke. <laughs> but I'm being completely serious here. You can only get Garth's new album if you buy six other CDs with it and you do so at Bass Pro Shops or online at BassProShops.com. That's the only way to get this album, Matt. The only way to hear it. I, Tim, I knew this before you said it, of course. But as you're saying it, I do not know how to respond. What? <laughs> now, you could, just as an aside, Matt, if you want to respond with a eulogy, you're welcome to, because by playing tracks from this album... Uh, oh, we're done. Your buddies. We are. I like a dirty nuke is going to strike our homes and blow us out of Buddy, orbit. man, we talk about ABBA and we talk about Prince, but mm-hmm. Garth will be calling us tomorrow. I, Maybe we're tonight. hear from him personally. <laughs> he's wearing brass knuckles. <laughs> he's on, our, on his way to both of our houses. As I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and he'll be standing over me uh, just... Cowboy hat on, goatee trimmed, <laughs> ready to kill me. Oh, man. This is maybe the biggest <laughs> risk that we've taken, but once again, we I, rise to the challenge. I honestly, yes, I think honestly it is. Um, anyhow, think about that. Garth Brooks, the, the best-selling solo artist of all time, as we said. The biggest name in country music for how, for a very, very long time. He is legacy country music still doing it, uh, still dropping new tunes, and simply nobody has heard these songs. And he doesn't seem to mind. That's the thing, Tim. Oh, boy. Man. (sighs) I feel like maybe we're ahead of our We are. Here's here's the thing, Tim. Uh, And I know you and I can already feel this. Uh There's so much to talk about there are so many paths to go down i know we need to we need to figure out what we're what we want to say here and what we want to we need to figure out what we want to figure out because garth is he's a universe (laughs) he's a whole universe and i'm already lost i mean do we need to start at the beginning or like i mean even if you're not a country music fan there are like a half dozen to ten songs that Garth uh, has released since since he started dropping tunes, you know, back in the 80s. There are so many really important, like, cornerstone country tunes uh, that Garth did not write. We should maybe say that out, out yeah, here, too. Yeah, he has written, well, or I'm going to say co-written some tunes but he's not like a capital s songwriter sure yeah no much he he's he is like a yeah he's a legacy country music star you know he puts on his boots and his hat and his button down and straps on the guitar and he does the damn thing and he and he does a really good job that's that's how he made his career and i toasted you said honey we may be thrilled but you'll never hear me complain Cause I got friends in all places where the It's undeniable country music. 
you know, he, sh- he in the CD era, Matt, pre-digital, he was so in control of the shape of country music. Yes, Tim. Broadly. He, you know what I mean? He was a mold setter. He absolutely was. To the, look, man, that's that's a really important uh, point to bring up, I think, because the, the very first, uh, sorry, the very second sentence on his Wikipedia page, which, of course, we read these for, for every episode we do, is... That's right. It says that his integration of pop and rock elements into the country genre has earned him his immense popularity. Okay, but that's country music, right? Like right. adding pop and rock elements to country. But we forget, don't we, that Garth did indeed kind of start that off. Right. He breaks through in the late 80s. And before that, country music did have a different complexion, for Absolutely. sure. He did his part to change it. He put that, like honky-tonk, uh, rock-and-roll tinge on the whole operation. Yeah, getting a little bit rowdy. Getting yes. a little bit... Uh, a little fresh. And what's neat about Garth, I guess, is that at the same time as he was doing that sonically, as he is moving the genre forward in a, in a very significant way, he still really loved storytelling right story songs that you and i love so much from from older country mm-hmm. music yeah. like from the 60s yeah. and yeah. 70s mama crazy being a trucker's wife the part she couldn't handle was being alone i guess she needed more to hold than just a telephone papa called mama each and every night he was raised in that tradition and a bunch of his great tunes are are these little three-act plays that he tells over, you know, three and a half minutes or whatever. So, it's I love Garth because he's in that perfect little sweet spot of, like, what if we did sad stories but made them poppy? Mama's in the graveyard, Papa's in the bin. Yeah, look, this, I, this is also important uh, because... We haven't really level set this one. Not that it matters so much for just the information we're sharing, but like, I really, really like basically all of Garth's catalog. Yeah, man. I think it's great. They're great tunes. He does a great job. The stories, as you mentioned, are fabulous, and they're they're often like just stories, right? Like, there's not yeah. there's not some sort of twist. There's not some any crazy. Uh, ending sure. or last chorus or bridge, it's just it's just good tunes performed well. I mean that's yeah, hundred <sighs> percent. Good tunes performed well, bro. Absolutely. That's Garth. That's Garth. And, you know, I, I guess we don't really need to linger too much in this space. Should we give a little shout out here to 1999 when he rebranded as a rock and roll guy, Chris Gaines, <laughs> a fictitious rock and roll musician for a fake documentary? Look, okay. Dude, that is. That's a whole nother. It's a whole nother episode. Um, yeah, it is. But. Let's let's just shout out Chris Gaines. Let's say that we 
game recognized game yeah. a little bit here. Yeah. That inventing a persona, a musical persona, is funny. And if people don't get it at the time, that's on them. Yep. You were being true to yourself. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally respect yes. what he was trying to do there, even though no one Yeah, a rare, it. perhaps uh, <laughs> one of the only missteps from, from Garth. Um, but we will always have Chris Gaines. But there's something about you when you're around, baby, I have found I get lost in you. Okay, I think that's probably enough sort of, you know, wiki background. <laughs> we gotta talk about what's going on in the mind of Garth Brooks now. We gotta do our best. We're gonna try. In 1993, Matt, Garth Brooks went public with how annoyed he was that music stores, mom and pop music shops around the country, were selling used copies of his records, of his CDs. And he said, I don't want my album to be sold anywhere that is reselling albums. Because he doesn't get it, you know, he's not getting either as much of or any cut from a, a resold album. That's just, a, you know, that's just helping the, the mom and pop store. Mm-hmm. Garth says he strong arms Capitol Records into not shipping his 1993 album to stores that sell used records. <laughs> and Capitol went along with it because he's Garth Brooks until some antitrust lawsuits shot the idea down, and Capital w- was required by law to <laughs> ship the record to stores regardless of whether they sell used copies or not. Now, isn't that a little, isn't that a little nugget about Garth, Matt? Tim, that is perhaps all we really need to know data-wise about mm-hmm. Garth and the way his mind works. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Okay. Pretty much everything we say from here is an outgrowth of that story. That's absolutely right. Yes. Let's keep that in mind. Yes. That Garth... (laughs) Garth wanted... (laughs) (laughs) He wanted all of the money. Every red cent. A used copy of a Garth Brooks album sold is 10 bucks not in his pocket. That's right. He said... No, I need to be paid what I am owed for the tunes that I'm uh, that I'm sharing with the world. Which is to say, again, listener, if you are not someone who loves country music, who loves Garth Brooks, go ahead and try searching his name in Apple Music or Spotify right now. You are going to find only cover artists because Garth is not on streaming platforms because you gotta buy a Garth album if you want to listen to it. And he is, I mean, man, Matt, how many major artists are still dying on that hill? Like, very few. Tim. uh, Is it just Garth? It used to be Prince and Garth. Yeah, and and like Metallica. Sure. Yeah, there you go. But it's like basically just Garth. And it is so fascinating. 
dude. Is it not just amazing to think about this guy who will not go along to get along? Right. He will not. He does not care what the world looks like and how it has changed. No. Things. No. He's going he, to mold things into his image or yes. die trying. Or, yeah. Or he's just going to take his ball and go home. That's and keep, right. And keep acting like everyone's buying CDs still. <laughs> like, as far as Garth's business model is concerned, Matt, it it's still 1999. Yes. Like, yes. He just wants you to pay 15 bucks for 15 Garth tunes. Um and okay, I a, a little addendum to that is you can stream Garth Brooks music if you have Amazon Prime Music thanks to a gazillion dollar deal that he made with Bezos. But that's it. He has he is not coming to the table for Apple, for Spotify, any of them. And that could be it, Matt. And you could say, okay, well, you know, maybe he just really values his work. Like, there's maybe something to be said. We just talked about last week, Matt, that um, streaming platforms are not necessarily that equitable for musicians in terms of payouts and all this. Like, it's it's an imperfect system. We know this. So why is he also releasing new albums in box sets at Bass Pro Shops? Do you want to know what I think, Tim? I do. Of course you do. That's why we started this podcast. Because it's 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 one thing to to say no to streaming, but it's truly another thing to hide your new music in the back corner of a department store that you can only find in like 20 states. It's really strange. So I would love any insights you might have. Well, my my 30,000 feet view is that he is well, your mileage may vary here, but he is either a champion of the, how do I say this, the bygone days of uh, musicians' rights, uh-huh. or, and or, he is America's greatest capitalist. He is like <laughs> Rockefeller too. He... Here's look. Here's why I say this yeah. because you and I, Tim, we've read a lot. We've read a lot about Garth and what he's doing. But I'm going to just tell you that Garth, with his um, with his brilliant idea to sell this new album exclusively in Bass Pro Shops, which, as you mentioned, <laughs> there are not many of. No, he does something that is. Uh, unfathomable to like i guess you and me and probably like musicians who are trying to succeed in general Mm, absolutely and he cuts this deal and says that (laughs) this is this is well this is how it works it's it gets into the weeds of 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 business yes it and does, right. excel he, spreadsheets real quick he is sitting in boardrooms to make this happen yes yeah. absolutely because and this is from a uh, a review from the always excellent Stephen hyden in in yeah. uprocks Stephen hyden is a music critic he lives somewhere near minneapolis goes mm-hmm. to the a bass pro shop to buy I mean, I guess all of, all of these CDs at once. Yeah, this box set, right? Right, and what he he realizes that what happens is the box set is 
Well, it retails for thirty dollars, which is uh-huh. seems cheap for a box set. Yeah, uh, it does. But if you sign up for a Cabela's Club credit card, which is you know affiliated <laughs> with Bass Pro Shops, yeah. uh, if you sign up for that, you could have it for twenty bucks. But when you sign up for a Cabela's Club credit card, you are gifted twenty dollars toward your first first purchase, meaning that. The, oh my lord! He's just of, selling credit cards. Yes, meaning that these are this is a free box set, and now you have a credit card. <laughs> now that is next level John D. Rockefeller type thinking. These are the men who built America, and if we're not putting Garth's name on that History Channel show, we are doing something wrong because it it becomes look, man, for for Garth. It is not about the tunes. No, sir. No. It has, no, sir. It has Bob. almost nothing to do with the tunes. <laughs> is there any artist we've ever talked about who cares less about the tunes? No. And, and not only that, not only that, but it also, he does not really care, clearly, about his legacy. He cares about how much money is in Garth Brooks' he, bank account. He cares about the results when you Google Garth Brooks' net worth. Yes, that's all it is. And it's fascinating. It's so interesting to... to Because, Tim, I think almost Gosh. probably every musician, songwriter, producer, whatever, who we've ever thought about and definitely discussed on this pod, uh, they have some sort of guiding light, even if yeah. it seems misguided, even if it sure. seems, you know, if it doesn't make sense. But Garth is pure, just pure uncut capital from from the starting gun. Garth is America. I That's what I think. Like, that's man, what I think. Because, because I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that despite everything that we just shared here about Garth's interest in capital and his dogged pursuit of it, I can't help but root for this man. Yes, okay, Tim. Be- please speak a bit more on that because I want to I want to I want to talk about that. It goes back to the tunes to some extent for me, pal. Of course, yes, agree. You know, whether he cares that much about them or not, Garth is just such a wonderful performer. And I don't mean necessarily like a live performer. I've never seen him live. But his recordings are a joy. I'm shameless When it comes to loving you I'll do anything you want me to I'll do anything at all He's not that great of a singer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. He's kind of got a feeble tenor voice. It's not that, like, it doesn't command a, a ton of power no pleasant um, I, li- I like it for what it is but you're exactly right yes yes i love it he's you know he's kind of it sort of feels like he's hanging on for dear life to some of these tunes mm, yep. and yet and yet it at other times he makes it seem so easy you know i mean garth essentially mastered or established the art of of that sort of Scooping into every phrase, you know, like that's very funny and very good at it. He's so good at it. (laughs) His highs, like his high notes, are okay, Um, but he's just having fun most of the time. I think 
You can hear how much fun he has in the booth. I'm sure that comes across at his Las Vegas residency or wherever else. He's a consummate performer. Yes, he... I've watched, I've watched interviews with this guy on, like, Oprah and stuff. And he's the most charming son of a gun I've ever seen. Yes. He is so sweet. He tears up when he starts thinking about music or his wife or anything. He's like <laughs> anything. He's like wiping away mist from the eyes when he's talking about anything essentially that requires some degree of earnestness. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> but, but then but then you think about the fact that he do, he literally doesn't want you to hear his new album. He is performing only for people willing to pay for an expensive seat at a Las Vegas residency. And he gates his songs, which ultimately, Matt, as you said, are his legacy. He gates his art. He puts it behind so many obstacles for a person to have to overcome to just hear the damn tunes and he pads his wallet. There's something like quietly sinister about Garth. <laughs> I just can't quite put my like. I, I don't know how to describe it any further than that, except that I am. I love him. I I f- feel like crying when I see him cry. Like I empathize with him as a person. And then I can't at all understand his worldview when it comes to the Almighty Dollar. Tim, he's unknowable. Uh, yes, I mean, fully agreed. I, I'm, I'm developing just the germ of a thought here, mm-hmm. which is that I think Garth at this point may be too big to succeed. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, say more, but I'm with you. Sure, he will not play ball with anybody mm-hmm. except for on his terms mm-hmm. he must at least be aware of the the myriad ways in which the music industry and labels and streaming and and tickets and everything else have changed over the last 5 10 15 years mm-hmm. he knows this he rejects it yes exactly he says i'm garth brooks for god's sake <laughs> Look at me. I'm Garth Brooks. I'm wearing a cowboy hat. Look got, me in the I've eyes. I've got my goatee. I've got my button down. I must be Garth Brooks. And you, <laughs> I will, I will, I will not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. No. But no. That what that does, of course, is completely like hamstrings uh, his like any sort of concentrated effort that he might make to, I don't know, reach a new audience, trend yeah. on TikTok. God sure. forbid. There's no, no. way. There's Give me a break. No way. He would sue, like like he's about to sue us, any TikToker <laughs> who dares to put one of his he tunes in there. He would take TikTok down. <laughs> it would be done. <laughs> but no, like, that's, and that's what what is just enthralling, because you, you think, I think, I don't know, I think that you wouldn't you want like more people to hear your tunes right yes man i mean any, that, that's sort of like wouldn't like you want that any other artist would absolutely anyone who isn't set for life i guess and is thinking about it as a pure financial transaction 
would want their tunes to be heard. But Garth has this benefit of his stats are padded. He has sold more albums than any other solo artist ever. There's nothing more for him to do. He doesn't need to play ball. He doesn't need to. And that's that's the the issue at the heart of uh, at the heart of Garth's mind, which is simply my inability to understand why you wouldn't want more people yeah. to to get on board with Garth, even sure. at this point. But he, if he doesn't see a little tick up in his bank account every time anybody on earth interacts in any way, in any shape, in any form, with any of his tunes, forever and ever, amen, he won't allow it. No. Don't sell my album used. Right. And I, I love him too, Tim, because of all the reasons you mentioned before, but because he's like the uh he's like the working man who won yes he's totally. not a shark he's not a he's not no. a label executive no. he's not taking advantage of the little people in fact i read in a number of uh interviews and articles sure that part of the um the his issue with the selling used cd's uh racket was yeah. that not only is he not getting paid but sure. nobody is, right? No one yeah, who, who worked on that album is getting any money from it. No, he's looking out for the working man. He is. He's, yeah, He takes he, care of him. Same goes for his issues with Spotify and Apple Music, I'm sure. He's like, well, no, I I, I deserve more for my art, as does everybody, I'm sure. Yes, would say. my whole, every, every, the drummer, the producer, the yep. mixer, whoever gets royalties, whoever has masters, they all deserve something for the work they put in right. and he puts he just puts his foot down no it's it's admirable but it's yeah. insane to me <laughs> he's like he should run for president there you go this that could work that could because as i you know as as i just explained i mean i'm i fall for it with this guy you know oh, what yeah. i mean no yep like there's nothing is... wrong with him <laughs> No, and but but I mean, like for for everything we're saying, like he, you know, he wants every last dollar, every last dime that he feels he is entitled to for his tunes, um, and yet he's like, yeah, he's this man of the people. He's he's just aw shucks every time he comes out and talks anywhere. Uh, he's he is American. That's I don't know what else to say. No, it I think it really distills itself down to that. Like the American experiment. Uh we've all read De Tocqueville, right? Of course we have. <laughs> yeah, all of us. <laughs> if Alexandre de Tocqueville came over now or I guess in nineteen ninety-five <laughs> And so, what this country, what this nation had produced in Garth, a guy from Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a goatee and a button-down. Friends in low places, you say. <laughs> yeah. Right. He would, be. he would have said, mission accomplished. I love this. Yeah, right. They've done it. They've this, done it. This is the city on the hill. <laughs> and there's Garth right, on, right at the top of the hill. Holding his guitar, wearing his, his cowboy boots, his cowboy hat, and his button down. He looks great. He's in charge. He's in charge. He sets the tone. That's right. And 
My phone is ringing and it... Oh, it's his lawyers. Okay, I better take this. <laughs> Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. I hope. And we shall be free. We shall be free. We shall be free. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Farmer Wants a Wife. Wednesdays on Fox. Four small town farmers welcome big city women. I'm moving in. For a chance at love in the heartland. So what are you looking for? I'm looking for you. <laughs> if Yellowstone and The Bachelor had a baby, it would be this reality show unlike any other. So what made you want to do this? No matter how content you are by yourself, there's just still something missing. I love everything about him. I would really love it if you would join me in this journey. Farmer Once a Wife. All new Wednesdays on Fox and watch anytime on Hulu. Matt. Hey, Tim. We just talked about this. I mean, you know, synergy abounds with us these days. But were we not just talking about how much we love the American farmer? Was that Buddy. last week? It was. Yes. We yes. love farmers. And how. And not to be too gender normative and not to, you know, I don't want to put words in people's mouth, but women love farmers. Would, would you agree with that? Look, <laughs> if I know one thing, <laughs> it's the mind of a woman. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say yes. Of course, why would women not love farmers? Come on. What's not to love? What's not to love? They got the boots, the cowboy hat, the button down. Well, and look, Tim, they've often got, and we don't talk about this enough, <laughs> Well, or maybe we do. Uh, they've also got some some green, some scratch, oh. some some cash, and how, buddy. and how, and look, <laughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. This is the first line of the book of Genesis, and it is, it is and always has been true. And Farmer does indeed want, or perhaps need, he may need yeah. a wife. <sighs> Whew, Matt. <laughs> you, are, you are cooking with this ad copy so far. I'm ready to go, buddy. What happens when four single farmers want to find love at America's Heartland? <laughs> yeah, tell me. You can find out on season two of Farmer Wants a Wife, hosted by Jennifer Nettles of Sugarland. The show follows four single men trying to settle down who are matched with women from the city, Matt. City slickers. Mm. Who have also had a hard time finding, you know, Someone to watch over them. Someone to settle down with. Just, just, it's just not working. So, what do they do? It, it's, it's a bit of a Green Acres conceit here. They, <laughs> they roll these ladies up on tractors. These, you know, and they are introduced to their would-be spouses, and they say, "Look." I'm ready to give up the city life. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'll milk a cow. I'll, I'll, you know, do whatever you need. I'll, I'll 
till the soil with my bare hands. Anything for love, they say. And these farmers, discerning men of character and grit, like all American farmers. Yes. You know, they make a careful consideration as they do every planting season. What are we going to, you know, is it, what's, what does nature have in store for me? What's the weather look like? Exactly. Yeah. They they stick their thumb in their mouth and they hold it up in the air. (laughs) They got a little dog, you know, yipping at their leg. And maybe they fall in love, Matt. That's the whole point here. Farmer wants a wife. Tim, when we got this email, and I haven't told you this before, because what I'm doing uh, after our 100th episode is I'm keeping some stuff under wraps for more drama as I reveal it to you. Very good. Thank you. I watched the first season of this show matt i did are you yanking my chain we said we'd never do this again no i'm not i truly and in all honesty watched the first season season one of farmer wants a wife yes i don't know why i think (laughs) (laughs) i think that maybe i had a lot of free time in the evenings or something (laughs) at that point um but tim let me tell you, it is okay. Well, uh, on one, I'm dying on, to know, man. On I one need hand, to know more look, about this program. Right. On one hand, it's about as whatever as any reality dating show competition type thing. So sure. fine. However, um, Farmer does want a wife. <laughs> like Farmer <laughs> is champing at the bit for oh, a wife. Boy. And they bring these women, these they are city slickers. They're from mm-hmm. New York oh and Fargo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not Fargo. They're they're from the big city. And they yeah. and that's exactly so what you uh shared earlier, sight unseen, is exactly right. They uh are looking for something else, maybe a, a slower pace, a simpler life free and Matt, food. are they literally like are they filmed bailing hay and all this business yes, they absolutely are oh my goodness and these are these women come in and like all women like all people they're all different right they well some are blonde and how <laughs> some are brunette um <laughs> some are wearing cowboy those are the boots. main differences between women <laughs> hey i told you i know women um but they they do indeed uh, participate. I think there aren't like challenges in the sense that like maybe Survivor or whatever else would would have challenges. Sure. But they're trying to spend time with their chosen farmer. Mm-hmm. And their suitor. Yes. And with their, that, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be with a farmer, you got to muck out the stalls, you got to milk the cows, collect oh. the eggs, rotate the crops, shoot sure, the dog, etc. <laughs> Well, I mean, come on, let's not sugarcoat it. And <laughs> it's a hard life. <laughs> but but what, what was most delightful uh, to me, Tim, I'll just briefly say about the show, is that yeah. the farmers were like Norman Rockwell versions of what you would think a farmer is. Uh-huh. They were tall, 
gangly baseball caps, plaid shirts with pearl snap buttons tucked into jeans with no belt. They are they had, handsome? They you know, not I mean, not too bad. Some are sure. more easy on the eyes than others. Um yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, kind of just salt of the earth, all American. It seemed like few of them had ever spoken to or perhaps seen a woman. <laughs> sure. And and it was it was more Tim, I don't I don't watch a lot of TV period, but I really don't watch a lot of these sort of dating shows. Um Were you gripped? I was I was charmed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> These these boys, these good old boys, man. Yes. They they are the ones. Like the women, I, I'm not sure what to say because it's it's really a show kind of more about the farmers. I see. This is more of a character study of in, in the interior life of the farmer. Yes, it becomes it, it it attempts to become that. Got it. Um. So yeah, but like they they were all just gentlemen. Um. Mm. Good. Hard workers, providers, obviously, sort of, sure. of course. desperate to just settle down and, and have someone around to churn the buttermilk and spank the kids. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> That's not really fair, but you know. I've got, like, a, couple, <clears throat> I've got a, couple, a couple of follow-ups. Man, sure, sure, mind. please. Are these, the, okay, so it, it appears that in season four, we're looking at four farmers here, four guy, four hot guys in ball caps and mm. cowboy hats looking sure. for love. Is that was it four dudes in season 1 too? I think it was. Okay, yeah. roughly, like a handful of guys. It, yeah, it was it was I'm going to say four. 4 to 5, probably four. So, are they is there are they are they competing with one another to any degree? Do they interact with each other or are these four discrete little, you know, novellas? playing out over the season well tim so what happens is uh <laughs> they they bring just a, a wagon of women <laughs> to the you know the first episode uh-huh. and they essentially they each pick one of four farmers they each pick one that they're that they're interested in. So these fellas, there's no real rivalry. They don't really know each other other than through the show or perhaps rodeos or Okay. <laughs> so they're not doing like lifting challenges to, no, they're to not, see which guy is strongest. No, it is sim- and that that's maybe the, why the best right, character or anything like yes, that. Yes, right. There's no there's no uh, toxic masculinity really involved. It's just like they go back to the backwoods or wherever they're going sure and the guy is Missouri. just <laughs> and the guy the farmer is just really nice to everybody basically and they decide from there yeah okay very good i guess you know like next question are they you know how do they know that they've found the one i guess like what's what's on the table for for these pairings like how are they how are they sorting this out what it seems like and I don't mean to uh, flatten this because I know that people's emotional lives are mm-hmm. are all rich <laughs> and deep, yes. uh, but may not come across like that on the surface to the viewer. Certainly. So with that being said, it seems like the main question is, are you willing to wake up at 5 a.m. with me for the rest of our lives? 
Got it. And and also leave Manhattan. Sure. Right. And the women are like, "Yeah, I really want to. I've all I hate Manhattan." <laughs> or they're like, "Well, I'm a big lawyer in Chicago. Uh-huh. I don't know." Uh-huh. But it seems that the main question is just like, hmm. "Are you willing to put in the work?" <laughs> Got it. Okay. Okay. Which is well, fair. Well, it sounds like an amazing program. No, it's not. But <laughs> but I mean, it is it is watchable. It did it's give paying me, the bills at Fox. That's for yeah, sure. It absolutely is. There's a one of the uh, the the farmers said at yeah. one point that a girl was cuter than a speckled pup sleeping under a red wagon, and that is my main. That's what stuck with me from the whole program. I, I mean, it's an old Southern saying, but like uh-huh. that's evocative. That's something well, that I'm I'll keeping say. in my back pocket forever. What a word picture. Okay. <laughs> well, Matt, season two, it's going to be better than ever. I'm going to watch it. I will watch it. It's Farmer Wants a Wife. Thursdays on Fox. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. And this is crazy, Matt. We've never done this before. We're circling back again. Wow. This is crazy. <laughs> See, boy, post episode 100, you just don't know what's going to happen on Ear Buddies anymore. <laughs> unpredictable it's like farmer wants a wife it's like any number of fox programs tim what are we circling back to man yeah we're circling back and this is uh we're circling back because of me i well look it 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 means a lot to a buddy when a buddy listens to a buddy's recommendation of, of, a, of a band or a tune or an artist, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the other day, I just was on YouTube, and I happened to just get this recommended video, and it was Wolfpack, mm. which I said to myself, hey, wait a second. My buddy Tim, whom I have a podcast with, he... <laughs> has mentioned them numerous times he is a big fan i'm gonna check this out yeah and it was a well long story short i watched the entire bonnaroo set from wolfpeck i watched it from the beginning to the end no pauses full volume i was blown away That live set at Bonnaroo is a hoot, too. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Thrilled for you. (laughs) I mean, them coming out in their bathrobes and hilarious little red caps is delightful, of course. But, like, 
Oh boy, uh, where to begin? I mean, how? Okay, because yes, Wolfpack is one of those bands that I've been annoying about for like ten years now, right? Where I just I'm bringing them up every three months. You love them. You love them. I, I love them. I love them. They're funky. They're silly, and really talented. And so, what was you know? What did you bring into watching this whole concert? Did that, you know? Have you? Did I ever get you to like really take the plunge on Wolfpack before this? Or no, was so kind of your big entree. So yeah, I've been. I think I had listened to them maybe more than you'd listen to Vampire Weekend. Well, um, sure. <laughs> which I yeah, I just mean in a nice way. Yeah, um, right. But I and they were always on the parameter of my brain. I always. I do a lot of dumb stuff like this, Tim, where I know a lot about a particular band or artist or whatever yeah. uh, because they're in the conversation, and yet I just haven't ever really listened, right? Sure. You've done the reading, but you haven't. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I And th- my thing, Tim, is that in the same way that you're not a, a weird indie guy, I'm not, I've never really been a funk guy. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of was like, that's probably not for me, right? Mm-hmm. Foolish of me. One ought not to do that. One ought to expand one's mind. Um, not sure. And because here's the thing I'm not not a funk guy. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> when I hear really well performed or produced or whatever funk music, I am all about it. Yeah. And watching this set, I was just... Well, Tim, I'll tell you, I was depressed. It depressed oh, me. Oh, really? <laughs> well, and I don't mean in a in a terrible way. I just mean seeing that sort of ability. Yes. Uh, oh, sure. Sh- well, shared among those fellas, but also unique to the individual performer. Yes. That, I guess I'll say camaraderie, but also chemistry, but also just sheer ability. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all playing, they're all running around the stage playing like a different instrument than you saw yes. them playing in the song before. Right. Uh, Everybody they- hops onto the drums at some point. Yes, right. exactly. And they're all like. And they're doing- all tight. Yes, they're yeah. all tight. <laughs> right. And obviously, uh, is it Joe, Joe Dart, the bassist? Yes, holds it down. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, I just it's yeah. it was crazy to see that. I mean, obviously not really live, but like live because mm-hmm. in I think that you can get away with a lot, actually, like a surprising amount if you are in a rock band or many pop bands or even like I don't know jazz, country folk for sure you can get away with not quite being uh where you need to be live right sure it can be a a bit of a mess and still be fine Uh, right with funk even white boy funk maybe especially white boy funk sure yeah that that's maybe better right there's nothing to hide behind it's just if you're not on you're ruining everything mm-hmm. and these white boys were so <laughs> they're so on and also 
look, it's about the tunes. It's all yes. about the tunes. Yeah. I really was like, oh, this this is sticky stuff. Like yeah, it buddy. really. This is not just exercises and etudes. This is this yes. is a party. You know, on that note, so Jack Stratton is like kind of the brains behind yes. Wolfpack. Yep. He's the one who does the most like speaking to the crowd. Um, he he's probably the most like prolific as a songwriter too. He has a few albums just as just as himself, Wolfman, uh, where he sits at the drums and he sits at a keyboard and you know just does like three tracks all by himself and sings and. He is a goofball, like through and through a silly boy. And he makes music that can be kind of goofball as well. But crucially, Matt, it's good. It's catchy. It's I like sticky. That's it he makes really sticky music that is like fun first. And then close second is like smart and well executed and tight and listenable. Like it, it, it's hard to once you get on his wavelength and like pick up what he's trying to do and you can work with it a little bit. The rest falls into place and you're left with really fun, listenable funk tunes. Yeah, so I'm happy that you're here. No, that was exactly my my thought process. Humor and funny stuff is incredibly important, yeah. but I think that in music that I'm trying to care about, I don't really value that. Sure, that much. Yeah. We're and not so, like weird owl guys, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I think that was probably also part of my initial um, sort of disinterest because I'm like mm-hmm. funk plus like just being being silly is not really my jam right but i mean this is so yeah yeah so, it's hard to summarize exactly what yeah, you're doing it's, but it's it is it is just excellent wow buddy Welcome, welcome aboard. This is great. <laughs> well, Look at us. Look at us, man. We're Horizons promises expanded. Made, promises kept. <laughs> <laughs> we should run for president. No, thank you. We're not old enough. Maybe when we're old enough. Maybe when we're old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be. I think you would do, Tim. I think you would do a very good job at being the president. I would like to be the vice president because from what I hear, mm. not a lot goes... You, know, you don't really need to be doing that good of a job. And I think... seat, wait for the heartbeat <laughs> right. to stop. I think yep. I might just not do that good of a job, but, but take some trips and not have to really delegate stuff, you know? Maybe in a couple of years we'll start an exploratory committee. Yeah, through That's this the first step through this podcast. Things. Yeah, Mark, timestamp this. <laughs> Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. Mm-hmm.